Get back to the show. Behind the Web presented by World of Beer and Short Pump. Once again, here's Bob Black on the Spider Sports Network and 1061 ESPN. Here's Marcus Randolph with an open look from the left wing, and he hits it with his foot right on the line, but a good-looking jumper by Randolph. Randolph draws it to the far side of the floor. Now he takes it inside and dishes it off to Neil Quinn, who has a two-hand dunk. Yeah, it's just a nice pass, too, by uh, Marcus Randolph. As Coach Mooney was saying during the last segment, a lot of nice things that Marcus Randolph did in an otherwise adverse situation with that game on Saturday night down there at Clemson. And he's been playing well all season long coming off that bench. And Marcus Randolph joins us for the first time tonight here at World of Beer as a guest on the Coach's Show. Uh, Marcus, thanks thanks for joining us. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Uh, I think our fans are really interested to hear some from you, especially after Coach Mooney just kind of set you up there with everything, the, the energy you're going to bring <laughs> And the passion and talking basketball and, and playing and whatnot. What was kind of, you, you know, your approach Saturday? We talked about this a little bit on the on the post game as well. To, to come into that game, you are an energy guy. It did look like we needed some energy out there. What were you kind of seeing and what was your approach coming in? Um, my approach never changes. I feel as though being that energy guy, I have to bring that. It has to be consistent. So that's just really what I'm looking for. Like I told you after the game, just seeing how they're covering us, how they're going, watching us coming off the screens and stuff like that. So just coming in and trying to attack the game. And when you attack the game, you're doing a little bit of everything, aren't you? Um, whether it's scoring the ball or the assist that we just played on the on the Neil Quinn bucket or making a play defensively, how would you kind of describe your overall game with that in mind? Um, just like you said, kind of all around. I feel as though I could come in. Sometimes I have to handle the ball. Sometimes I have to play the wing. Uh, I find myself having to guard some big guys sometimes, having to guard the point guard. So just being able to relieve other guys when they come out the game, different guys, so that we could keep different rotations in the game. And, Chris, you kind of made that comment earlier in the year that Marcus is a guy who, you know, he could bang with some bigger bodies in the paint, but he could also play out on the perimeter against a guard on another yeah. team. Yeah, well, he loves banging into guys. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that's one, that's one thing. Uh, you know, he, he's just a you know that, that a lot of guys who are competitive like that. They they like that part of the game, um, and you're certainly you know you're not a, he's certainly not afraid to do that. But yeah, I mean it's it's you know to me it was always it's much harder to guard on the perimeter. Um, but he has a very good sense for the game, and so uh, he's competitive. Uh, but he has a good sense for the game, and so yeah, to be able to guard multiple positions, you know, that's really a lot of guys can play multiple positions on offense, but not as many can de- defend multiple positions on defense, and that's really something that's something that's important to us. I feel like in the Syracuse game or in the uh, in the Temple game when he played at uh, maybe 25 minutes, mm-hmm. he was in that game both as forward and a guard. Uh, interchanging kind of he was the as, as guys were subbing in and out he was the one moving back and um, you know he, he as a guard he has a good presence knowledge sense for the game and and willing uh, command for for making sure we know what we're doing uh, and as a forward you know there are some advantages there that he might have in speed and um, and being able to kind of you know uh, be, be guarded by somebody taller who might not be quite as quick and those kinds of things so uh yeah he, he has he definitely has those advantages and also willing you know believe it or not we've had guys over the years who you know they didn't they didn't uh <laughs> they didn't know 
they wanted to try that other position <laughs> or what their role was. May have you affected know. their play. Of course, time. yeah, yeah. That, those guys, to. those guys aren't very helpful. Yeah. <laughs> well, Marcus, how much of that came naturally to you, and how much of that did you have to really embrace the idea that hey, I, I might be a, a guard in the first half of the game and a forward in the second half of the game, and the next game it might be entirely different. Um, I think it just comes with our style of play. All right. Everybody's positionless on the floor. I feel as though even Big Neil being a seven-footer, he's the one that has most of the assists some games. Like It's just stuff like that. I feel as though our style of play helps everybody and the people that we have on the team. Everybody can do everything, I feel as though. Shoot, pass, play defense, cut, just move around, just having a good sense for the game like Coach always preaches. How did all that go today as he got back onto the practice floor? As Coach and I were talking, Saturday night, fortunately, doesn't happen very often to the Richmond Spiders. Um, as a team, as players, how did you guys kind of try to bounce back from that? Um, I was kind of happy with how we bounced back today. It was just good energy in the gym, I feel as though. Oftentimes, we could come in and be low after stuff like that. I feel like we bounced back well. Our leaders were in good spirits, so that helped us a lot get through a good practice today. Uh, you mentioned the leaders. Uh, you're only a sophomore at this point, but, but you are vocal. You are an energy guy. How much are you trying to lend that to this group? Um, I'm still growing every day, so I feel as though the guys are helping me. They're giving me confidence as they're listening to me, being a vocal leader sometime on the floor. And I think Tyler Burton, he definitely shows us the way a lot. Like, <laughs> just may not be the one that's talking, but he's definitely leading by action a lot of the time. I uh, mentioned this the other night. Uh, the bench becomes even more important now with the loss of Jai Bailey. Kind of how do you how do you approach that? How do the guys coming off the bench look at that as, hey, this is an opportunity for us. We're sorry Jai went down, obviously, but this is an opportunity for us, and we need to step up to help this team. I think the step up just comes with wanting to compete for him, being that we feel some type of way, he feels some type of way. Of course, he wants to be out there for us. So him just seeing him on the sideline giving us energy, that should give us all the reason right there to go out and compete and step up for him. Uh, Chris, how's Jai doing? I'll give a quick update here. Yeah, Jai's doing uh, okay. So he uh, hurt his hand last um, Thursday. Yeah, practice right before yeah, the game. Yeah, yeah, Thursday. And then on, I mean, he had surgery on Friday. Very so incredible night, yeah. work by Andy and the medical staff was able to get in and uh, have surgery. His parents were able to come out from North Carolina because we were we were leaving for, for the game. Uh, and uh, you know, for something that happened so quickly, as that required like seven screws, and you know, um, so basically, what what all the the rehab process? It's a four week process till he can begin basketball activity. And so then, what Andy and Jay do a great job of is, you know, it's not just you're not just sitting down for those four weeks. You're you're running and you're doing as much as you can so that your your um, you know your wind is is as good as it can be. Then we'll then he'll start the basketball part again. So from that four weeks, then it it, it just depends on how it feels, how much mm -hmm. pain he feels when he's playing. Uh, but he he's doing well and and has been uh, you know active at practice and uh, very much part of it. You know he's got a great personality and yeah. so that's important to still have him there and and be talking and and. Uh, you know, helping the guys out, pointing things out to them that he sees on the sideline. Marcus, how much of that is a kind of a two-way street with him? Do you guys at all have to kind of lift his spirits up? And conversely, is he, like, helping at practice and pointing things out and talking? I mean, unfortunately for him, he's had a few injuries he's had to deal with in, yeah. in his time here at Richmond. Yeah, and that's a lot, that's a lot to it because we all know what he's going through throughout mm -hmm. his career. So him just being there, telling us what he sees. He's been in a lot of games, watched a lot of games. So... 
his knowledge and stuff like that, hearing him on the sideline definitely helps us out. Well, for a sophomore, you have as well been been in a decent number of games. I want to go back a little bit uh, to last year. Uh, you were the one freshman who did not redshirt last season, and you did play. didn't play a lot, but you got into some games, and you were always in a situation where you could be in a game. Mm-hmm. Go back to last year. What was that kind of like doing that last season? Obviously, it turned out great because of, you know, where we wound up last season. Um, last year was just kind of for me, as coach would say, I had a lot of ups and downs. I was kind of a young guy coming mm-hmm. in, and just being able to see that crew and what they did, I feel as though like it was a blessing for me, uh, being able to learn from them seeing how they bounce back from a lot of situations like we talked about the other night, just being basically in the same position we are right now, seeing them overcome that every day coming to practice, Gilly still being the same guy he is every single day, high character. So just seeing that leadership and that fight, I feel as though last year that was just, like I said, a blessing for me, a blessing for me to be a part of. Uh, Chris, kind of refresh our memory a little bit here on how that all came to be. Obviously, the other freshmen last year all took that red shirt. Marcus didn't. Just kind of kind of the back and forth of what went into that and how it may be helping him now. Yeah, so, I, you know, we, um, you know, red shirting can be tricky at times. And the, the approach we've always or for a long time have taken is uh, that we don't want to we certainly don't want to talk a guy into red shirting. Um, you know, we don't want to. We want to leave it to the, the player and his family or whoever's going to make that decision. And that, that, the reason that's tricky is, um, you know, you may, one, you never know what's going to happen. And so that's, that's the most important thing. But you may think you know, what, you know what the future holds. And as the coach, you might have a better idea because you've been around it before, but you don't know exactly what it is. Um, and I think that, uh, I think Jason Nelson probably was the last freshman to, to make his decision yeah. to who redshirted and i can remember just talking to marcus briefly <laughs> and uh, marcus is a you know he's a really cool guy i mean he's yes, a really he really yes. really cool guy he's really helping the cool factor on this 100 yeah, percent on that one. This panel. <laughs> and so he has a great way of talking and expressing himself and and um you know and he said i heard those guys putting that red shirt on them <laughs> and uh I said, yeah. And I said, what do you think? He's like, nah, nah, not interested. And I said, okay. I said, well, there are things to consider on both sides. And he, th- he said, I think I'm good. And so, you know, in a way, sometimes I think, well, maybe I should have said, hey, listen, you know, hey, you know, it would just be impossible to say, hey, you're not going to play. He's like, well, maybe he would have mm-hmm. played. Who knows? Um, I think, you know, it's, it's ultimately it's be- better for the next season if you've played e- even even if uh even if your role isn't all that much difference better if you've played because you, you're in there you get a taste of it it's so much faster and more physical and things like that than high school and it's so much faster and more physical than practice mm-hmm. just is the nature of it uh, so that's that's a positive um and i think for marcus he was you know he was the most he, he was physically ready mm-hmm. uh which is a which is unusual and that's not always the case uh but he's strong he's got a good body uh he's got a good way he has a basketball strength and knows how to use that so he wasn't going to be overwhelmed it was just more of a numbers game and you know um when we talked to jason nelson you know they as he and his dad kind of asked how many minutes i thought jacob would play <laughs> i just at all of them yeah right <laughs> all of them you don't need a number yeah. to say all <laughs> right. 40 45 right. whatever it was gonna right. be whatever it takes yeah. <laughs> and so i i think everybody's situation is different it, you know it was 
you know, it was really uh, this partic- Marcus's particular class got the worst of the COVID bonus year hmm. uh, because when guys were guaranteed the year back, one, I bet there were fewer guys in his high school class that were given scholarships, you know, because you could transfer uh, waiver went in uh, and the COVID bonus year went in. And then there are the guys who aren't getting the five years right. of the guys on, on both sides of them. So, um, so I think that's, you know, that's difficult. I mean, that's, you know, he's getting a full scholarship to Richmond. There's a lot of good things, but that, that class really got the short end of the stick. And so, uh, I think, you know, a long story longer, I think that for Marcus, he's so passionate about playing. And I think that it all goes into that. I mean, I think the most important thing in the world is playing how he's playing, what happens in the games, you know, and then even more so because this this idea that it's a little bit stacked up, uh, not to him personally, but the guys of his year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's probably, that's a lot to think about. Um, and I think that drives him even more in terms of his competitiveness and how he's approaching practice and drills and games and warm-ups, all those things. So there's a lot there, I think, uh, to talk about, and we'll get to some of it after the break. But before we do, just on the playing part, Marcus, what did you see last year? Obviously, you knew the guys who were ahead of you yeah. last year, and yet you still wanted to be a part of that. And then how different it feels this year because you did that last year? Uh, i definitely seen the speed of the game. I think, actually, when I got in my first game, I kind of was like kind of shocked at what, <laughs> like how physical it was and how, how quick you had to know what's going on each player maybe if you come off a switch i gotta know the next guy see what he's gonna do just stuff like that so i feel like playing definitely helped me in and helped me off the court too because i was motivated after every game like just like i'm gonna get in the next game with that type of motivation hmm. in a workout gym and you can feel the difference this year? I mean, yeah. obviously you don't know what those other guys are going through. You see it, probably talk to them about it, but the fact that you were there available last year. Yeah, I just feel like it helped me kind of slow down. So now that I'm in the game, I'm taking my time. Mm-hmm. I feel like I know I know what to expect a lot more mm-hmm. now. So. All right, let's take a break. We're about halfway through. I want to come back and talk about that, getting a little bit of the recruitment process, uh, playing in Philly. Obviously, you knew every step that he took up there in Philly in the Catholic <laughs> League and, and all that. So love to do that anyway with our guys in the recruiting process. Want to do that. But also what Coach brought up about, you know, persevering through that COVID year while you were in high school mm-hmm. and not getting the advantage of that um, in college like the guys who were here did. So we'll do all that with Marcus Randolph. Come back on the other side. If you've got questions or comments for player or coach, we'll take them. 804-327-0888 or behind the web at richmond.edu. About halfway through, behind the web from World of Beer on 1061 ESPN. The timeout's over. Now, more behind the web from World of Beer in Short Pump on 1061 ESPN and the Spider Sports Network. Bigelow to Randolph, open left side three, rattles off. Marcus Randolph from distance. Paul dumps it down low to Godfrey, who runs over Marcus Randolph, and that'll be an offensive foul. The charge taken by Randolph. Uh, good, good job by Marcus Randolph that time. All right, Marcus, that begs the question. Which do you like better, knocking down that three or taking that charge? <laughs> Hang on, we're going to level things out here. Uh, so folks can hear the answer to that that question. 
So I think I like taking the charge a little bit more. Why? Cause, just because the fact that our uh, coaches, they always take pride in who's taking charges. And that's just kind of like an energy play for the team. You see somebody lay their body out on the line and take a charge, it gets us going. That said, one of my favorite things to watch at practice is like before practice or after practice. And you must take hundreds of three-pointers all around, you know, the arc. Um where where's that kind of come from for you and man when you start knocking down 10 or 12 in a row there's no better sight than particularly a lefty knocking those down um how much have you worked on that part of your game well i've been working on that part of my game my whole life i feel as though shooting is just one of those aspects that you had to continue to keep working on because it's a lot more mental than anything i shot about a million jumpers in my whole life and you still could go in the gym and miss three straight and it's just it's just how basketball goes I, uh, I haven't seen you miss three straight too many times, but I've seen you nah, make 10 to 15 straight out there at, at, uh, at practice for sure. Marcus Randolph, our, our player guest this evening. So let's go back here a little bit, uh, Marcus. Uh, Coach made a great point. That COVID year, you're still in high school. Take us through that, how you had to plow through that, and also the unintended consequence that happened, and that is that guys in college got an extra year, which meant they gobbled up some scholarships for guys in your shoes in high school. Yeah, definitely. Uh, high school was definitely kind of tricky. It was a lot weird because we actually had to play with COVID masks on in uh, the Catholic League. So we out there playing. We got a mask on your face. It's already hard to breathe. We playing 30 minutes a game, and, and we got a COVID mask on. So. That was just a lot of weird stuff. Uh, my family couldn't be at a lot of games, especially the, uh, the number of family members that I wanted to be there. I think you only had like two people at each game that you could bring, whether it was a home or a away game. So just changes like that, having to uh, fight through stuff like that. Did you go watch him play at all when he was wearing masks, or could you even do that at oh, that we point? We weren't allowed to, um, I'm sure based on the science, we were not allowed to go and uh, – <laughs> We were not allowed to recruit off campus, basically. And we were not allowed to have anybody on campus. Right. So, so Marcus visited as a junior. Yeah. Okay. So actually, that, that was really very lucky for both of us. Because yeah. I think that was the first year the NCAA made you, you could do official visits as a junior. Yeah. And they upped the, I think that was the year they upped the number to like five official visits. Right, exactly. Yeah. So you, could do, so you huh. could do five as a junior, five as a senior. And so... It was it was a kind of a joke. Steve Thomas, who was on our staff, was recruiting Marcus, and um, and so we, we were. He said we should we should do these visits, you know. And I was you know once the season starts, I was kind of like we don't want to do this. <laughs> Why <are> we do this? <laughs> and it turns out actually Marcus came down with a guy named Zach Hicks who went went to Temple, mm -hmm. who we saw you know earlier this yeah. year, mm -hmm. and we were really lucky that he got to see the Robin Center and the campus and have a little bit of a feel. Otherwise. It would have had to have been a blind uh, decision. Right. Uh, and, there, you know, is there a difference when you spend time with someone, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in person? Uh, and he has a tremendous family, really, really, you know, great people, great, um, great support system for him. But they're really, you know, cool. And <laughs> That's where he gets it from. <laughs> That's right. And uh, they're great, really great. And they were able to come also. So, you know, thank goodness, because then COVID hit and then. No, no recruits were allowed to go to campuses, and no coaches were allowed to go out and recruit. Did it worry you at all when COVID hit and you're still in high school and wondering what's coming next? How did you handle that? Yeah, it definitely worried me, but taking that, taking a visit to Richmond was important for me, and it was major. And that's like probably 100 percent reason why I'm here now. I got to spend time with Coach, even though uh, Steve isn't here. 
I just felt like I was most comfortable with the situation here. Of course, because I was already out here before. Yeah, I, I was going to say, what, what clicked for you as a junior? And then I guess you just had to hope everything was still clicking when you couldn't come for a senior visit, right? Yeah, it was definitely like a, I would call it a leap of faith. And I'm, I'm actually happy that I made that decision right now. <laughs> we, are, we are, too, for sure. And I, I'm just trying to picture those guys playing in masks and how tough that would be. I mean, I guess at least you had the opportunity to play, or was it like maybe we shouldn't even been playing? No, I was definitely happy because we had the opportunity to play. And we actually won the championship that year. So it was, it was just I feel like everything came all together how it was supposed to. Yeah, I, I, you know, it was a really special team they had. Archbishop Wood, uh, which is in the same you might recognize Archbishop Ryan more, but the Philadelphia Catholic League's team, uh, and they had this extremely special season. Was it the first championship for Archbishop Wood or, or second? Oh, it, it, was, it was the second one after Colin Gillespie's year. Right, and so they, they've had this great program here for the last 10 years or so, and, uh, you know, this special season, you know, and usually if, you've, if you win the Philadelphia Catholic League, uh, you play at the Palestra in front of seven, 8,000 people, uh, and of course, all those things were just so different. And uh, some of the things that we went through with the testing, and you, you know, you you know, you go to school Friday, and then games canceled middle of the day. You know, uh, just really, that that was that's not easy on, on anybody. But especially, this is the kind of team that was. Uh, I think they lost one game during the, the only game we lost was the state championship game. Right. Wow. And so that's you know that's. Wow. You know, you picture on the way to the state championship and, you know, the, all the buses going out to Hershey yep. and, you yep. know, those kinds of things yep. uh, to, to miss, um, you know, just, just unfortunate. Um, do you ever think about what it might have been like not to play that senior year? I mean, Jason Nelson obviously went through that where he yeah. didn't even get a chance to play and what that would have been like to have a, a year taken away from you like that. Yeah, no, I, I definitely wouldn't appreciate that because I feel like during the COVID time that was just a, a lot of time for people who were working out to get better because a lot of people didn't have gym opportunities and stuff like that so I think playing those games and getting those extra reps that helped me out in the long run now you're not actually from Philly you played your last two years right yes. at, at Archbishop Wood but Willingboro New Jersey is what you call home right yes definitely. but but not a Philly sports fan for the most part huh <laughs> no uh, sports team, though. we'll still have you back yeah, I know <laughs> he well, couldn't name one he Philly couldn't name cap, one right? Chicago White Sox player <laughs> he just likes the cap right <laughs> I can't yeah. this but is you, a nice hat right here. <laughs> but you have a Phillies cap right I've seen you wearing yeah, it yeah I do I got a lot of Phillies caps okay, I, like to, I like to keep a lot of caps I got different flavors <laughs> I feel better about that <laughs> what was that like you know home is willingboro and then the last two years you're you're going into philly i assume because of the basketball and and how good you know coach mooney made the catholic league <laughs> from his days in the catholic I, I assume he mentioned that a few times yeah when you. i first got here he, he made that <laughs> he made sure he mentioned that to me i think he said something not to discredit like devin prep or something like that but i had turned the ball over at practice and he said this is not devin prep you're not playing against devin prep you can't play like that but just that, that transition, having to wake up a lot earlier than I did, just going up the street to Willingboro, I feel like that just matured me and helped me, uh, aided me through that senior year, being able to just pick up on different responsibilities that I didn't have to when I was at the local school. Uh, Marcus Randolph, our guest, really fascinating stuff. Anything else from the recruitment process? I mean, I think you've been kind of through it because his was, was pretty unusual. I mean, what, what you guys kind of saw in him perhaps as the recruitment process finished up during a COVID year yeah I, I, again I think the important thing was that we did 
do the do that visit with Marcus as a junior and uh, you know and I wasn't against visiting Marcus I was just more like why, why are we going to visit these juniors <laughs> you know we already do all these visits and mm -hmm. uh, but but thank goodness we did and we went actually we went to dinner over here at the Brazilian Steakhouse he mentioned that did he really yeah. he, said, no, he actually said that's the reason yeah. he's here not, <laughs> not coach Moody not coach Thomas but that restaurant yeah. <laughs> that was great yeah. that was great um, you know, and that was, uh, you know, he had a, he has a great, great personality. His dad has a great personality. His mom, it was just really fun. You know, they made it, they made it very fun. Um, and I would say that, uh, you know, when you're in a situation uh, like that and, uh, you know, it, it's, it worked out great for him. But, you know, those are difficult times. Uh, as, how, many, how many of your high school teammates went Division One in basketball? Um, six, six of us, wow. the first five and uh, six men. Wow! No. Yeah. Even the sixth man. Even yeah. the sixth man. I mean, Scott imagine Hodge. that. You know, yeah. and uh, when he was first here, I asked him, uh, you know, if he was ready for Archbishop Ryan. Now he hadn't even played in the Catholic League yet, <laughs> and he said, oh, "We'll beat, we'll beat them twice." And he didn't. You know, I mean, that's so typical of like his how he sees it. We'll we'll beat them twice. Uh, now, when I was in high school, um, we played Wood six times and won all six. Oh uh, yeah. man. Yeah. So did you beat him twice? Yeah, we beat him every time. <laughs> Ryan wasn't too. They were. They couldn't do nothing with that team. We had an overpowered team right there. <laughs> well, it worked out. It was a good move for you, and obviously helped your basketball skills um, as well. And obviously, an affection there from a, for, to have for a sure. Catholic League guy on, on the Spider roster. <laughs> hey, I got a couple for you before we let you go. Let's go finish uh, dinner over there. This has been fun. We will have you back. That's for sure. We got a lot of opportunities. Um, this off our text line. What does the team talk about on the floor when you huddle up before a free throw attempt? Um, we're talking about the next play we're about to run, uh, who has who on defense because we are a man team. We mostly are a man the whole game. And it's just whatever whatever's going on, whatever the situation brings, that's what we're talking about. Is there one guy talking in that moment, or can several guys chip in? Uh, so everybody. Everybody can okay. put their input in. Everybody's word is respected on our team. All right. Now, now this came up several times um, last year with the guys who, when the timeout happened, would take Coach Mooney's seat before Coach Mooney came over. I guess Gabe is doing some of that. Yeah, Gabe is the guy who's most of the time it is. Last year it was Gates. It, it, yeah, well, it, yeah. it was Gately, right? I know. All right, so what, what's Gabe saying when he takes Coach Mooney's seat in the huddle at the start of timeouts here? This might um, be R-rated. Yeah. <laughs> I can't tell you everything that Gabe says, but if if we're definitely on a bad stretch, you might not want to know what Gabe's saying. But it's definitely always something that's perfect for what we need to hear at the time of the game. Gabe, Gabe is always for the better of the team. For so sure. you guys are actually listening to it. Like, yeah. like Gilliard and Golden last year said they were tuning them out. They didn't, <laughs> they didn't care. But you guys are actually, you're yeah, listening. No. We listen to the game every time. <laughs> All right. Uh, good stuff. Um, let me uh, finish up with, with Marcus. You mentioned Chris. Probably should have played him a little bit more the other night. What does Marcus Randolph now have to do to play more minutes for the Richmond Spiders? Well, he, he, you know, that's on me. And, and he should have played more the other night. And uh, he just needs to play that way you know I, I had a, a very good practice today um and and so he just needs to play his game you know though you know I, I really talk to Marcus a lot mostly because I really like him and and, and enjoy kind of his feedback he's honest and he's uh very sincere and like I say he loves basketball you know it really pains him when he doesn't do something well or you know you can really see it in his face I mean it really really pains him and so uh you know the the things I'm just trying to get him to is to play to his strengths, and you know 
some sometimes when you're as passionate and emotional, uh, which is mostly a good quality, sometimes I'll make you maybe do something uh, that's overly aggressive or, or just a play that's not perfectly read. And he has good instincts for the game. He can really pass. Um, you know, he can also make different types of passes. The little drop off the kneel that you played. He can, uh, you know, he's got a, he really throws a great cross court pass, those kinds of things. And so when you can see and pass like that, it's just always better to be in control. Um, but when you have the passion he does, you know, and when you're younger, that can be, you know, not get away from in a crazy way, but that can just, um, that can affect that. And so you don't want, you want to be in control of that so that the next offensive play you make is really calm and, mm-hmm. and understanding. Uh, and it also comes with time. You know, no, nobody right. can go out there and just play great without having some time and to, to see the speed and size and strength of the opponent. And so, um, you know, it's not just me trying to counsel him on that. It's him getting those, those opportunities, be able, being able to do it. But, uh, I th- again, I thought he was great um, against Clemson. Should have played much more. Uh, and I think he will continue to on the, on that path as we move forward. Yeah, I mean, we got to remember he's just a sophomore. He's played in what, like twenty college right, games exactly, exactly last year, right. and the games this year. Uh, here's my uh, broadcaster's compliment to you. When I went to put those highlights together today, I'm like, wow, look at this. I've got him taking a charge. I've got him dishing out an assist. I got him hitting a two point jumper. I got him hitting yep. a three point jumper. That's kind of defining your kind of player right, right there. Right, exactly. Isn't it? I mean, exactly. so that's my compliment. Yeah. Appreciate <laughs> it. Thank you for coming on today, uh, Marcus. We look forward to many more visits. Uh, you going to get home for a little bit over the holiday after uh, Wednesday night? Yeah, we got a few days home. Okay. Come back and then get ready for Cobb State right after that. Yep. Uh, have some good food, get home, yeah, relax food. a little. Food at yeah, home is real there you, good. There you go. All right, but don't get out of basketball shape. Right? No, we can't. <laughs> Never. All right, go finish up the food here at work. World of Beer. Marcus Randolph, thank you for being our special player guest tonight here at World of Beer. One more timeout. We'll come back, get some more questions for Coach Moody. Uh, we'll preview the game Wednesday night against Bucknell, 7 o'clock at the Robin Center after this timeout on 1061 ESPN, your home of the Spiders Sports Network.